It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. We've got blogs. Well, that's it. Got the map of the week. Adventures in art. Le Chadron Comatique. Oui, oui. It's the Thought Eater, Thought Eater, Thought Eater RPG Show. It's the Thought Eater RPG Show. Welcome to the Thought Eater Thought Pass. Hey, Froth. I'm a little late to the party, but this is Taylor over at Cleric's Way Ringmail calling in with a fun character death. Uh, this was not my character, this was a player of mine uh, who was playing a barbarian in a 3.5 league we were running uh, back in the mid-2000s. So we had a house rule at the time where you were able to stay up and move around in the negatives if you succeeded a constitution check based on how under you were. So this uh, they got ambushed by goblins. He got shot up a little bit. They took him down to negative one, and I let him make that check. And I told him, okay, you're still awake, but you're bleeding out. So I don't know if the player just wasn't paying attention or what, but he just charges headlong into these goblins, and he's hacking them down left and right. And so I have them roll morale. They fail. They start to run away, and he is in hot pursuit. Now, Notably, the cleric, who was paying attention, is just hauling behind this barbarian, trying to catch up with the cure light wounds to stabilize him, but that 30-foot movement just didn't cut in it. And it was an interesting moment, uh, eight or ten rounds later, when I had to tell the guy, all right, well, at the end of this one, buddy, you drop. So, uh, fun times. Uh, I thought he was going to be mad at me for killing his character, but uh, he did show up next session. So, uh, had to have something go right. Game on, brother. Oh, what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. I am in a good mood. I appreciate Taylor Beeson taking us in there. Taylor blogs over at Clerics Wear Ringmail. Clericswearingringmail.blogspot.com. I've got that link up. Under the intro tab, over at the Thought Eater blog. And, uh, yeah, the barbarian that refused to be healed. So, yeah, they couldn't be mad at you for that one. But good to hear from you. A late entry into the humorous character deaths that we've been talking about over the last couple weeks. So what are you listening to? If you're a new listener, you're like, what have I gotten myself into? Well, the whole idea with the Hump Day RPG show is to kind of talk about some cool stuff that I spotted over the week, usually geared mostly towards the DIY scene. So we're looking at blogs, we're looking at zines, we're checking out what some cartographers have been doing. We're looking for free stuff to download. We love our free stuff. And we're just talking. We're talking. Everything that I talk about. I put links up over at the Thought Eater blog. You can just Google for that. And so if you hear something interesting, or if a lot of it's interesting, which I hope it is, you can go over there and check out all the links to all these cool people doing cool work. So that's the idea. One of the reasons I'm in a good mood, I got the first dose of the COVID vaccine today. Yes, got the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Not having any side effects yet. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. 
Uh, you know, I'm not going to rub my arm or anything. I imagine I'll have some soreness there, but uh, feeling pretty good. I mean, my 90-year-old grandmother's gotten them, so, you know, I think she, if she can hang with it, I'm hoping I can hang with it. Um, I live in Georgia, and the, uh, the eligibility got opened up some this week. So I'm ready for them to just let it rip. We here in Georgia, we're like one of the last, you know, lowest ranking states in the nation in getting the vaccine out. But uh, I, I want them to just let it rip. Um, pretty happy with the way things are going with the, the vaccines, at least here in the states. Um, as far as public sentiment goes, you know, it's the kind of thing where a lot of people maybe are nervous about going first. But once you have, you know. 15% plus of the population, mostly elderly getting it and everybody's good and nobody's getting COVID, you know, people are ready to get it, get, get this thing behind us. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So I encourage anybody out there that's listening, that's eligible and able to, to get vaccinated, uh, do it, do it. So, I wasn't going to do an interview for this week um, because I had some stuff to do Saturday. It's usually my interview day. And I'd had so many in a row because ZineQuest had been going on that I was kind of ready for, for a little bit of a break and needed to get some stuff done around the house, you know. Um, but uh, I got a call in from Joe Richter from the Hindsightless podcast and the Wheeler Woe podcast. Uh regarding um accessibility in gaming and uh so if, if folks don't know i mean a lot of my listeners uh, are familiar with joe calling in probably listen to joe's podcast you know joe is you know blind and they called in with a comment and i i wanted to take it a little bit further and talking with them about accessibility in gaming ended up being a great conversation i really love talking with joe Joe has, Joe's just cool, you know, that's what I'll say. Um, just an easygoing, fun person to talk with, and uh, that comes across on their podcast, the Hindsightless Podcast, so um, I'll, I decided to save that for the final topic, so you can look forward to that. Great conversation, and I think it's something that's important for, I know there's a lot of creative people that listen to my podcast that maybe make products and stuff, and so it's some good information you know, from a different perspective, maybe than your own about, uh, how to, to tweak your, your stuff to, to make it more accessible to everybody. So it's good stuff. And I'm, I'm looking forward to share that with you, but we got the whole shebang of everything else. You know, we got a lot to get to. This was one of those weeks where you remember when I started this show back after a hiatus in January, and I believe I said something like, I'm going to try to tighten it up a little bit. You know, when I, you know, I, I distinctly remember saying, I'm going to tighten things up a little bit. Well, that's all out the window. Just forget I ever said it. Just forget I ever said it. There's too much stuff this week. And when I started looking to whittle it down, it was all cool. So I wanted to share it. Now, if you're becoming a longtime listener, you're a new listener, you've heard the show a few times you'll probably notice you start to hear some of the same names a few times. And I wanted to explain a little bit. I just felt like doing this to let y'all know a little bit about kind of like my selection process, like what I'm looking at 
and everything because I follow, I think I've got like almost 1,200 blogs. I'm a blog roll at this point, and I'm always looking for more. And I'm looking for them and, you know, every kind of different gaming space, you know. I, I really like to find more, you know, people that are doing stuff powered by the apocalypse. You know, I don't care what it is. It's gaming related and people are cool uh, in general. And, you know, they're not, you know, really negative people. You know, I like to take a look at it. And, um, but what happens is there are some blog. you know, this is a weekly show. So there, there are some bloggers that are blogging every week or more than once a week. And, you know, there's some other great blogs that are just, it's just more sporadic. So when you're talking about a weekly show, naturally it's going to gravitate to, uh, to include, you know, it's more likely to include people that are posted more frequently. Also it's, you know, I'm trying to look for topics that are interesting to talk about and as cool as, uh, you know, um, game recaps and stuff like that are a lot of that time, you know, f- for me to sit here and talk about, Oh, and, and, then you know, Tony's game, they, they fought some goblins and, you know, it's just not, it's not good radio. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, I do want to encourage people if you have a, a new blog or something and, you know, I, you notice it's not on my blog roll or it's brand new or whatever. You can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, email me frothsoft at gmail.com. You can use the contact form on my blog. I'm always looking for new bloggers to support the scene. So, you know, let me know. So speaking of new bloggers, this is the last thing before we get started. I noticed a couple of new ones this week. One is Dungeons and Diatribes, Slay Doomers blog. Dungeons Diatribes.wordpress.com. Got a post called If You Meet Gygax on the Road, Kill Him. And I'll just leave it at that. Let that hook you in. And then also Jean Luc of Mars. Jean Luc of Mars.blogspot.com. This is Jeff Worley's blog, who became uh, a supporter recently of the Patreon. And so I'm checking out what Jeff is doing. They've got one post up so far in March. I really dug this one. It's called The Goat of Plenty. And so this is a magic item called the Goat of Plenty. Uh, and yeah, you need to check it out because it's very creative, kind of humorous and bizarre. And uh, so so I've got links up to both of those. I want to give a shout out to Jeff. Jeff, I appreciate the support tremendously. I am always, you know, looking to expand my Patreon. I'm trying to get to as much support as I can. It, it helps me do this show in a lot of ways. It, it allows me to be able to look at more stuff for reviews and just helps me out. You know, this takes a lot of time to put together, even though it might not sound like it. <laughs> but anyway, if you're interested in supporting the show, you go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater and you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. So I know that, that things can be tight. I know that people have a lot going on, but if you're listening to the show every week and you want to just chip in a dollar a month into the tip jar, that would be appreciated. Patreon.com forward slash thought eater. All right. I think that's about enough rambling under, during the intro. Let's get to the maps. Maps of the week. All right. Let's look at some maps. I like to start with the maps because it's just kind of my way of giving some love to the cartographers. You know, I'm a, I'm a map junkie. I'm always looking for more. I'm downloading them. I've got... I, I probably rival anybody out there with the uh, the map image folder that I've got going, and, and it helps me because I, I run you know a lot of you know run something online, 
And uh, I've got something for everything. Desert, boom. Swamp, boom. Space, boom. Boom. Got it all. So uh, I haven't been over and checking on Dyson Logos in a while. I mean, I have been, but I hadn't had any of Dyson stuff on the show in a while. Trying to give some shine to some other folks because Dyson's kind of the OG of, uh, of the cartography world in the DIY space. Uh, and they've been really successful. You know, Watsy's hired uh, Dyson to do a, a lot of cartography for their products for 5E. And uh, Dyson's got a unique style that's uh, often imitated never replicated and so i could pretty much pick out anything dyson's doing it's going to look good dyson logos.blog but this one i really like because it's uh, an actual gaming map they're using snapshot of the age of exploration game so they're playing in a neoclassical greek revival game which is kind of a uh, what would you call it like an osr neo osr game by Zarkov Kowalski, and um, Zarkov's actually a really talented adventure designer as well. But anyway, they've got this massive hex map. Now, I'll put it up on the Thought Eater blog, but it does not do it justice because it is really massive. So what I would do is maybe follow the link so you can actually click on it and see the detail. But, you know, having Dyson in your gaming group to be the mapper is kind of a luxury, um, really kind of jealous. So when you when you when you have Dyson doing the maps, it's not like someone's scrawling something down. Uh, it, it it's bringing the whole world to life, and and to have it being done, you know, be done during a hex crawl like this is just uh, really incredible. To you know, so um, you know, not all gaming gaming maps are are are, are made equal because if you look at what I put together. When I'm doing a hex crawl, it doesn't quite come out like this. So this is uh, really, really nice, and uh, just like all of Dyson's work is. So go over and check that out, zoom in on it, and it's pretty inspiring to see what they're doing in that game. So the next thing I got, this is coming to you from the Cartographers Guild forum. You know, I've mentioned before how you can put this on your blog roll, and you will get some posts popping up that you're able to access without even you know logging in. Uh, and it's kind of like the mecca for cartography uh, folks. And you, you see some just really incredible work over there. And so uh, this post was by Exploring Map. And, uh, you know, it's got a link to their Instagram and Patreon and everything if you follow the post. But um, it was a, uh, let's see how they describe it. Uh, the Ionia River Valley Map where uh, they had an adventure that involved an old mine. And so it was kind of the area, the, the area map for that. But I, what I liked about this one is it's, uh, it looks like something from like a, you know, an old, old illustration or old kind of book or something. And it's, the perspective is not top down, uh, but it's still like a really good exploration map. So what I really liked about this one is the uh, perspective um and so i hope you go and check that out and then maybe follow over to their patreon and stuff to take a look at it and speaking of cool maps that uh that are used actually for gaming i spotted this over at, on reddit under the DD homebrew subreddit which is a pretty cool uh subreddit to follow um if you're someone like me and you like seeing people do their own homebrew and hacks and stuff and so someone over there 404 dice shared an, a manner that they are mapping hand-drawn 
44 rooms, you know, and uh, they've got several pictures. I shared one of them, but I, I thought this is a really impressive, um, you know, really impressive gaming map. Uh, beautiful hand-drawn manor map they're working on. So check that out. And then I, I like to plug other folks' Patreons. You know, there are a lot of cartographers that are doing their thing on Patreon, looking for support. So one of these is Map Masters, patreon.com forward slash map masters they've got this really great looking campsite map um that's really beautiful and colorful and uh and so i shared that for you and then i've got another one that was just really awe-inspiring it's like a bird's eye view and i mean like an eagle eye view looking down on uh, like a, a, a cathedral um that's next to a bridge and i mean this is one where if you fell from this height you know you'd be you know squished but this one is from uh, patreon.com. Domiel, this is from Domiel's Wondrous Works. And I know that they're on uh, Twitter. I see their stuff up there. They've got good style. It's just patreon.com forward slash DWW. So more maps than I usually do this week, but I saw a lot of good ones. So be sure and go over to the Thought Eater blog so you can see these and then uh, share them, you know, follow along to those links. And uh, if you're interested, support these uh, cartographers' work. Hump Day Bloggerama. All right, so we're going to give some love to the bloggers. You know, <clears throat> when I got back into gaming after a, a kind of long break, you know, one of the things that really kind of, you know, really cemented me back into gaming were the bloggers. You know, it was where, because I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, that were into gaming you know i'm getting older you know a lot of them look like you know look at me like i'm you know like you know mouth agape if i talk to them about dungeons and dragons or something you know <laughs> uh not so much now that it's getting a little bit cooler or whatever but uh so looking to the bloggers looking to other people with with shared interests was really important and and it also kind of opened me up to a, a lot of what was going on what, what people are doing uh all kinds of different things so, that, so blogs are important and they continue to be important so uh we're going to give some love i got found a bunch of cool stuff on some blogs this week so let's look at it all right so yeah so this one i just thought might be interesting to some folks uh this is over at geek native geeknative.com Let's see, this is Andrew Girdwood writing over there. Brexit is making life harder for tabletop companies. So, you know, you heard a lot about, Bre you know, oh, at least from the U.S. perspective, my perspective, you heard a ton about Brexit, but then it was kind of like COVID, you know, and kind of COVID, rightly so, you know, kind of took up all the space as far as news and what's going on, but... Uh, this is talking about kind of like shipping problems and customs problems that are becoming increasingly, um, you know, more prolific due to Brexit. And so I'll just let y'all read it if you're 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 interested. But um, I, I've seen this affect uh, a few Kickstarters and things that I you know that I've backed. And um, and so anyway. I, like I say, you'll know if you're someone that this is interesting to, but uh, if you want to see how Brexit is affecting uh, shipping and uh, customs and 
and, and things for different tabletop companies. Interesting read over there at Geek Native. Um, over the Tower of the Archmage blog, toweroftheArchmage.blogspot.com. I love this. Talk about DIY. Uh, let's see if we got a name over here. I don't have a name for them. But they. Ha this is actually part two of a post where they've been out, just out of cardboard. They've been building this cardboard spaceship. And it is awesome. And they've got so many pictures of going step by step of how they did it and painting it and everything else. And people that are kind of crafty like this, you know, my wife is really good at, at stuff like this. And, uh, you know, I'm terrible, terrible at it. But th th to see someone put something this awesome together, uh, made out of just cardboard and then and paint it so well. Uh, is unbelievable. So I put one image up over the Thought Eater blog, but there's a lot more over the Tower of the Archmage blog. So check that out. Very inspiring. Uh, if you're kind of crafty and good at this kind of stuff, just to see what you can do with cardboard. Uh, pretty impressive. So check that out. Um, and you can follow back to post number one so you can see all of the different steps um, that they did to build that cardboard spaceship. Really rad. Uh, so some news on the D&D &D movie front. I saw this over at comicbook.com. Christian Hoffer blogging over there. And uh, they've cast Hugh Grant as the lead villain. So, yeah, that sounds all right. And and the other thing, I, I knew Chris Pine was going to be in the movie, but I had not heard some of this other casting news. Uh, some more people have been announced. Sophia Lillis who you would recognize if you've seen the recent It movies. Um, they are, are have been cast, along with Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith, who's in Detective Pikachu, which I have to be honest with you, I haven't seen Detective Pikachu, and uh, a, a person from Bridgerton named Reg Jean Page. My wife just devoured Bridgerton, and basically just as long as it took to watch it. You know, it was immediate. I have to believe they, that Netflix said that that is the most popular show they've ever had. More than Stranger Things, more than anything. Uh, Bridgerton is the most popular show that they've ever had on Netflix. Um, so anyway, cast is coming together. I think it's got some 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 uh, potential. Uh, uh, I had mentioned, uh, I believe, the writers... Um, from the most recent Spider-Man are, are, are writing it. And uh, so, yeah, you know, get it sounds promising. So check that out if you're interested. Michael Raston from the Lizard Man Diaries, uh, creator of Star Dogs, which is uh, a fantastic sci-fi, you know, there's like a, the player's handbook's kind of got the game version, but if you want what I consider, you know, the DMG, of uh, DIY sci-fi games, check out the Star Dogs Referees Handbook. It is just a cornucopia of random tables and everything that you can use with any, you know, sci-fi game. That would be something I would have with me, you know, at the ready uh, running sci-fi. But anyway, they're talking about Frass Galaxy, a D6 sci-fi RPG that they kind of put are throwing up you know, like kind of like the beta draft rules. So I know this will eventually get put into a product maybe, but if you want to read through this and see the rules that they're working on um, for their new game, Frass Galaxy, 
You can check that out. That's over at lizardmandiaries.blogspot.com. Sacknoth Scriptorium, blog I've been following recently, John D. Rateliff. Uh, and uh, the reason it's caught my eye is they've been reviewing a lot of these old TSR board games. And they're on to Divine Right, which is kind of one of my bucket list games to grab. Pretty expensive to find a decent complete copy of this and it's something i don't really need but i want so it's still on the bucket list uh, i'm always jealous of rob c i know rob's got a copy and there were all these great articles back in the old dragon magazines uh about the the, the world i think it was called minaria uh for for divine right let's see if i got that right i don't know if they mentioned it. i believe it's called minaria but anyway yeah minaria so anyway, um, hey, my memory worked. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, but anyway, if you're interested in, you know, and you can follow uh, some of the links on their page to a bunch of old TSR board games if you want to see some of the, the old school stuff they were working on uh, besides D&D back in the day. At the Tabletop Curiosity Cabinet blog, tabletopcuriositycabinet.blogspot.com. Let's see if I got a name on this one. I don't have a name. Um, anyway, interesting post talking about time, adventure RPGs and time, right? You know, the whole Gygax quote, you can't have a meaningful campaign if strict timekeeping isn't kept or something like that. Um, but it's talking about, you know, kind of different perspectives because sometimes games, you know, everything's down to the round and minute. Uh sometimes you know you're skipping ahead and stuff and it was it just got me thinking about different approaches to time and rpgs so have a look at that if you want to um, think about that because it's something important to think about pace uh how granular you want to get at d different times skipping ahead at, at others and it's something uh to consider um and it's something that's kind of could be interesting to play with if you're designing something. So check it out. John Peterson, playing at the world blog. I've been mentioning this one recently. They've been doing a lot more blogging lately. Now that their uh, recent book, the elusive shift is out really a historian in the RPG space. So um, they're doing a post about the invention of the D four kind of everything you wanted to know about the d4 but were afraid to ask or maybe you never thought you wanted to know anything about the d4 but then you read something like this and it's actually really interesting so check that out then uh over the awesome lies blog they do a lot on warhammer fantasy warhammer in general gideon over there does a great job it's a great blog if you're into Warhammer Fantasy, uh, you undoubtedly have already found the Awesome Lies blog, I would think. But they put up a post called The Origins of Role-Playing that references a post from John Peterson, one that I mentioned myself here on the program a few weeks ago, where they were talking about what might be the early the earliest RPG, published RPG, Western Gunfight Wargame Rules from 1970. And anyway, they... Uh, Gideon over here starts talking about Rick Priestley, the, the creator of Warhammer, and some observations that they had uh, on their own early fantasy gaming. And I guess I'll just read this real quick. 
The initial impetus to play fantasy war games came from the Lord of the Rings, which was huge in the 1960s. I think I read it when I was about 12 or 13, not least because The Hobbit was a set text in my first year at secondary school. So I read The Hobbit, and that gave me the impetus to go on and read Lord of the Rings. And like many people at the time, I became obsessed with Lord of the Rings to the extent that I can still quote from it quite extensively. And remember, I was already gaming with ancients using the early WRG rules, early wargame rules. And me and Hal, Richard Hallowell, and a few mates from school started a project to make Lord of the Ring armies from existing model ranges. When D&D came along, we were already doing something very similar, playing fantasy-based skirmish games with personalities inspired by the skirmish wargames group. And uh, so anyway, it goes on a little bit further. Uh, and they say when they when when D and D came out, and when Richard Hallowell and Rick Priestley first saw it, they thought they've stolen our ideas. Uh, so it was just kind of like how some of this stuff was developing in different places independently and, and everything. So it's just kind of an interesting uh, historical aside there over at the Awesome Lies blog. Over at the OSR Grimoire blog, osrgrimoire.blogspot.com, paleo logos, does a lot of research and does a great post like this one, B1 in search of the unknown. And so this has got a ton of stuff about, you know, the early Mike Carr module B1 in search of the unknown, lots and lots of links and resources and everything and tidbits and facts about this uh, that, you know, if you, if you like old school D&D, you'd be interested in. I always feel like In Search of the Unknown is probably, maybe, arguably, the best intro module for D&D uh, for precisely some of the reasons that others criticize it. And that is that it does not have the monsters added into the adventure. It gives you monster lists and you kind of place them yourselves and come up with it. And I thought that was a really good idea. You don't see a lot of those where you have to kind of stock the dungeon yourself, but it, uh, it gives you creativity. It makes kind of make sure in a lot of ways that, uh, no two times playing B1 is, or, you know, is quite the same. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, some people said it makes you're doing, you know, you're having to do more work, but that's kind of, uh, it's kind of educational to be doing that work on an introductory module. And it's got some great maps, great ideas, you know, who could forget like the mushroom room and the, uh, the room with all the pools in it and everything. It's a, uh, it's a really, really real classic. And, you know, Goodman Games has updated that for 5e with their original edition, uh, or original adventures reincarnated. So um, if you're playing 5e and want to go back and play this classic, that's one way that you can look at doing it. So anyway, check that out. What else do I have? Ah, okay. So over the Dragons Never Forget blog, dragonsneverforget.wordpress.com. Let's see if I got a name on this one. Uh, they just refer to themselves as Dragons Never Forget. Cool blog. They've got an article about the notes from the Q4 Hasbro earnings conference call. Hasbro, of course, owns WotC. And they say that Dungeons & Dragons had their biggest year ever in, in 2020. Uh, and for, you know, of course, this includes, Mon they say Monopoly had the best year ever. 
course, a lot of this driven by COVID, no doubt. Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons all had record years, and they delivered $1.8 in gaming revenue, an increase of 15%. So somebody's making money on D&D. Uh, they talk about online gaming. Um, Star Wars product revenue growing. So anyway, it's got some links and stuff if, if you're interested in the uh, kind of the economics going on with Hasbro. Uh, all right, so over at gnomestew.com. Great blogs going up over there and from a lot of different bloggers. This is Cinda Lena. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. They did a great post called Solo Gaming in the Time of COVID. And, uh, you know, it has been a great time for solo gaming. We've been talking a little bit about it peripherally when we've been talking about some of the zines for zine quest back 70 or who knows how many episodes ago 70 or 80 episodes ago i did a series on solo gaming that might be interesting to to folks if you you, you know you want to follow this uh, thread further but uh some cool images and some journaling stuff that they've been doing and so check that out um kind of an ode to solo games and i thought it was a great post Finally, on the blogging, uh, over at the Against the Wicked City blog, udan-adan.blogspot.com. Great, introspective, constructive GM post called Failing Better, a GMing retrospective. And what they've done here is they've gone back through an impressive link of <laughs> list of campaigns that they can remember running. This is Joseph Manola. They go back through all the campaigns they can basically remember that they've ran before and they take a critical view at uh, at what they what worked what they could have done better uh, lessons they learned from it and so it's an interesting read uh, but it's also inspiring too to maybe go back think about um, campaigns that you've run in the past things that work things that clicked things where you're on the top of your game and maybe where you know where where you maybe felt fell short and how you can improve in the future. So uh, I thought that was a very cool post. Again, that one's over at the Against the Wicked City blog. Random tables. All right, let's roll on some random tables. We can do that. We don't even have to have a reason. What movie was that from? Seems like it was Belushi saying it, but I can't remember. All right, we're going over to K Trey's D4 Caltrips blog, blog.d4caltrips.com. D100 Jewelry Generator. K Trey's great at these random tables. D100 tables, free PDFs for them. You know, you can go search around on K Trey's blog and print, you know, get, you know, a bunch of these PDFs printed off, and you'll have yourself a fantastic little um, kind of DM toolkit because there's a bunch of really good ones. So anyway, D100 Jewelry Generator. So let's see what we can do here. Give me my percentile dice. Where are you? Didn't come out of the bag. There you are. All right, jewelry generator. So first it looks like 
materials, type, description, and motif or theme. So let's see, the jewelry is made from dragon teeth and it is the type it's a hair fork a hair fork made from dragon teeth and it could be described as stately quite stately and finally the motif and theme of war Okay, so what do we got? We got, it's made from dragon teeth. It is a, what did we say? A hair fork made from dragon teeth. It's quite stately uh, with maybe some kind of war symbolism and stuff to it. So yeah, you get the idea. You can uh, kind of design a unique piece of jewelry with this D100 table. Very cool, as usual, from K-Tray. Check it out. The other one I'm going to roll on today over at the man with a hammer, the man with a hammer.blogspot.com, Adrian Hammer's blog. Well, that makes sense. So the name of the blog makes sense. Adrian Hammer, man with a hammer. D10 bulky treasures. Uh, the reason I like that, well, I just thought this was a cool idea, but it, it reminded me, you know, I'm not a stickler for encumbrance or anything, but when you have something that's super massive, you're, you know, or, completely unwieldy you're gonna to have to figure it out and the, the 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 most absurd bulky treasure that i can recall in any game or module is in the old tegel manor adventure there's this gigantic bell that you can find and steal you know take as treasure but you know it's like a ton or something you know but it's worth you know it's a bronze bell it's worth you know thousands and thousands of i mean uh copper bell i guess it was i forget what it I just i guess it was like a bronze bell but anyway it's 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 worth quite a bit but how the heck are you gonna get this massive bell out of there you know but anyway d10 bulky treasures let's see what we get uh yeah okay how about a dragon carcass yeah that'll that that's bulky Recently slain beast, still fresh, has to be transported swiftly back to town to salvage as many parts as possible. The smell attracts other vermin in the dungeon. We killed the dragon! What are we going to... Oh. Who's carrying it? Alright, let's see. Let's do one more on here. Bulky treasures. Uh, okay. Barrels filled with deliciously aged wine. Hanging from over a net on the warehouse's ceiling. Be quick or the smuggles will return. You gotta steal the wine. So, anyway, cool idea. D10 bulky treasures over at the man with a hammer. Zine Club. All right, let's look at some zine related stuff that caught my eye. There is a great free wargaming zine called 28. Uh, you can find this at 28-mag.com. And they actually did a inter International Women's Day 2021 special. So a special issue to celebrate incredibly talented women in the miniatures hobby. From wargaming and painting miniatures to sculpting, illustration, game design, writing and cosplaying, and so much more. 
And so they dedicated this one uh, to these amazing hobbyists. And so you can check that out, free PDF, from uh, the folks over at 28. And you can download the other issues of that uh, Wargaming Zine for free. Um, for free, uh, it is absurdly high quality. So um, check it out if you have not heard of that before. Rulier Reviews, Pookie UK over at Rulier Reviews, has done a review of uh, the Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society, Volume 1. And so... I guess this is for second edition Mongoose Traveler, which has got a little, you know, some differences here and there with, with Classic Traveler, but broadly compatible. Um, and anyway, it uh, there there were there was an old journal of the Traveler's Aid Society way back in the day with Classic Traveler, and this they're kind of revitalizing this. Um, so anyway. Uh, it's referred to as a, you know, Pookie mentions it's 128 pages, so maybe not a zine, uh, so to speak. But since it kind of harkens back to an earlier zine, um, I thought I would I would mention that. So if you're you're into Traveler and some of the new stuff they're doing for it, they're, they've kind of relaunched the Journal of the Traveler's Aid Society, and you can find a review over there. Uh, let's see. What is next? Sorry about this. Um, okay, Ian Usum, who had a wildly successful Kickstarter for Zine Quest 3, The Drain for Mothership, has put up a post over at their Uncanny Spheres blog, uncannyspheres.blogspot.com. Um, we're we're, we're going to have uh, Ian on the, the show at some point down the line to talk uh, to talk more in depth about what they've been doing. Maybe when the drain's getting ready to come out for folks or, you know, maybe sooner uh, of message back and forth with them a little bit. Anyway, uh, a really cool post, especially, you know, very re revealing. You know, they go into a lot of detail about how their funding broke down. I mean, they give you the dollar amounts, where it went, hidden costs, how the stats and stuff worked, who backed it. Uh, so kind of dissecting the experience from Kickstarter, as well as giving a lot of advice. And so uh, I think this would be interesting to a number of people, whether you're just a creator in general and want to see how it worked. If you're thinking about maybe doing ZineQuest next year, a lot of good advice here um, from someone that's just been through it. And then uh, for other people that did ZineQuest, you know, just to see how the money and everything breaks down. I thought this was really good. So that's over at uncannyspheres.blogspot.com. Zine Quest 3 Postmortem, The Drain. Over at the Vintage RPG Tumblr, uh, they put up a link to their most recent podcast. The reason that has something to do with zines is that they've got Amanda Lee Frank, whose Vampire Cruise was just successfully kickstarted as part of Zine Quest 3, and who did a great zine last year, one of the better ones. Um, from you know, from uh, from the whole Zine Quest Two, at least from what I backed, you got a job on the garbage barge. And so, if you want to hear Amanda talking about what they're working on, I've got a link over to the Vintage RPG Tumblr where they take you to that latest um, episode of their Vintage RPG podcast, where you can hear Amanda talking about it. 
And then finally, I mentioned how the uh, Zine Quest 2 uh, kind of runaway hit, Beak, Feather, and Bone from last year from Tyler Crumrine had, uh, had come out with a system reference document where people can use kind of the skeleton of the rules there to make their own products. I'll be talking with Tyler on the show at some point as well. But for now, you can check out their Beak, Feather, and Bone Jam that they've launched over at itch.io. So they're entreating others who are into Beak, Feather, and Bone, know what it's all about. Maybe people just want to pick up the SRD and join in with the Jam. So let's see. So far, a couple submissions so far. But uh, I know they're looking for more, and it's still got know a couple weeks left so uh why not check this out beak feather and bone jam if you're into that zine i know a ton of people back that so if you're into it you might not be aware there's an srd now that you can download for free and you can make your own stuff with it and you might want to join in with that over at itch free stuff all right the ever popular free stuff moving right along and I forgot to open these up, so let's do that. You can listen to me click for a second. This is the quality that you've come to expect. But all those clicks represent free stuff that I'm about to share with you, so how about that? Alright. I'm getting situated. All right, starting over at the Lester's Ramble blog, Vance A. Their, their names come up, you know, like I was talking about earlier in the show. They come up every week because they keep putting out these free adventures for people. This time they're using a map from Daniel's Maps, the village of Comico. And so they put together an adventure matching up with this map, free PDF you can download. So check it out, the village of Comico. Over at the Stepped on a D4 Blah, blah, blah. Stepped on a D4 blog, stepped on a D4.blogspot.com. See if we got a name over here. I guess they're just. Well, let's see, maybe. No, I don't see a name right now. They've got. Okay, I guess the name's John. But they've got a, uh, a game called Nothing Ventured. Uh, so you can download that for free. So check it out. <laughs> My delivery is starting to suffer, isn't it? Um, but anyway, free game over there. Nothing ventured from John over at steppedonad4.blogspot.com. Can't remember if I've mentioned this before. I may have. It all starts to blur together. I've shared so many things. I was looking at my blog, um, and it looks like I've got like 62 posts or something tagged hump day, uh, you know, for the hump day show. That is a lot. Wow. That is a lot. I mean, you can go back through all that. You know, the blogs don't get taken down. You know, there's no time limit on this stuff. They just live on the internet. And so you can go back through, you know, 60 plus episodes just filled with stuff like this. And it never gets old. It's always cool. So I can't remember if I've shared this before or not. Uh, but over at the Frugal GM blog, frugalgm.com, free GM resource, Dungeon Scrawl. So a free online map maker called Dungeon Scrawl. 
kind of emulates that Dyson logos look. So check that out. I think I have mentioned it before, but mentioning it again. Over at the Dreaming Dragon Slayer blog, dreamingdragonslayer.wordpress.com, uh, they put up a post called Island Rats, the remaster no one asked for. This is the marvelous Maze Rats with the glorious gunpowder sandbox, Hot Springs Island. So Maze Rats, Hot Springs Island mashup, Island Rats, free PDF. Check it out. Uh, at the Whose Measure God Could Not Take blog, Yielding Uncertainty and Unyielding Bronze, whosemeasure.blogspot.com. Uh, they say this is made in collaboration with Purple Cthulhu of the Velvet Inks and Crystal Fires blog, a dungeon called the Secret Library, Secret, oh, my mouth is done, the Secret Library of the Post, Apostolic Archons. Apostolic? Apostolic? Gotta be apostolic, right? Let me read that one more time for the folks in the back. The Secret Library of the Apostolic Archons. So, a location, dungeon, you can download for free from Flocks. Hodag RPG, and I guess I'll go ahead and announce that I'm talking to Hodag over the weekend. The mysterious Hodag, the enigma that is Hodag RPG. Got to find out what makes Hodag tick. So I'll be interviewing Hodag over the weekend for next week's Hump Day RPG show. Hodag just keeps dropping pamphlet after pamphlet, game after game. Now they've got the battle for St. Basilisk. Generate a team of heroes to defeat a coordinated assault by the villains of your fair city, St. Basilisk. So, yeah, another one. Hodag dropped another one. So I'll be talking to Hodag over the weekend, and we'll figure out what's going on. What's the deal? All right. Uh, and finally on the free stuff, at the 77 Vicious Princes blog, viciousprinces.blogspot.com, uh, they're working on the Devil City, and it's 77 Vicious Princes. Uh, so, yeah, game that's got, you know, you'll have to take a look at it. I don't know how to describe this one to you. Uh, but anyway, the Devil City and its 77 Vicious Princes version 17 is ready for you to check out. The final topic. Hey, Froth, another awesome episode as always, man. Um, you mentioned... You said something in passing like, who wouldn't be into Zine Club? And to that, I would say me and folks like me, meaning visually disabled and blind people. Um, from, you know, everything I've seen, there's the sort of unwritten, maybe written rule that these are supposed to be print only and not available on PDFs. And the majority of them are print only at least the ones that i've come across and yeah they're just totally not accessible to me and you know it's a bummer that there's so much seemingly awesome rpg stuff getting made that is just not accessible but you know you asked the question so i thought i'd answer great stuff peace out all right so 
if you're listening right now, you just heard a message that I received uh, from Joe from the Hindsightless and Wheeler Woe podcast. And, you know, I wanted to play it for a couple of reasons because, for one thing, you want to say hey, Joe, first. Hey, <laughs> hey everybody. And Froth, dude, thanks again for having me, man. This Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, let's. Let's not get carried. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. <laughs> but but uh, it's really good to have you on. And and you know, one thing that all this reminded me about is you know, well, first of all, you know, it's good to know that you're an idiot. And I realize that I am an idiot. So I think that means that I'm kind of like getting closer to enlightenment, you know, when you can admit your idiocy. And what I mean by that is a little bit, you know, we all as human beings are kind of very, very self-centered, even when we don't want to be. And just a quick story to kind of set this up. Um, for years, I was in different sales positions. And one of the most successful salespeople, the most successful sales per person I ever met was just, you know, this absurdly wealthy guy lived in La Jolla, California, had, you know, like an unbelievable house in like the hills and everything <laughs> was just incredibly successful. And, you know, I was noticing, you know, everybody really had a, this positive responses person. People just really loved him and everything. And I was, you know, charmed by him. And, and I, and I asked him you know, what, you know, for some sales tips, I was like, what, what, you know, what's, what's your number one sales tip you could give somebody like me, you know? And, you know, he, he said something that I'll, I'll never forget. And I've taught people this in various roles and it's going to sound incredibly cynical, but he said <laughs> that, <laughs> he said that everybody's favorite subject is themselves. And he said, when yep. you meet you meet somebody, if you ask them 10 questions about themselves, it doesn't matter what the questions are. You just kind of let the conversation lead you where, where it may. You, you know, you don't stop at seven. You just, you know, ask them 10 questions about themselves. You know, they will like you and they won't know why. But the reason <laughs> they like you. <laughs> I believe it. The reason that. they like you is you let them talk about their favorite subject, which is themselves. And the reason I tell that little story and everything is because sometimes I know, you know, I try to think in terms of other people. Uh, when I hear, um, you know, people of color talking about something, I shut up and I listen. You know, when I hear, you know, I, I'm very conscious of mansplaining or any of these kinds of things i try to learn from people and listen and know when it's not my turn to talk and for i wanted to have joe on because as someone that is blind and someone that is very accomplished in the rpg space does a couple cool. podcasts does a, a lot of gming very very active using technology and everything else you know, what you're saying about, you know, gets to the, gets to towards accessibility in kind of the DIY space. And some of this was prompted to, and I know I'm rambling a bit, Joe, but I just wanted to oh, kind of good, set man. this up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw Die Sugars 
make a post on Twitter uh, about, and they did a thread about accessibility. I'm going to link this as well, where back at the start of ZineQuest, they offered services for PDF optimization, you know, and only a couple of people took them up on that offer. And so when we talk about accessibility, technology, and everything, I, I wanted to have you on, Joe, to just talk a little bit so people can not hear it from froth, to sure. hear it from from somebody you know that this affects and kind of like the need what works for you and just maybe a little expound a little bit on the the message you gave me yeah man well you know one that's an awesome sales tip dude i i love it uh totally cynical but it rules <laughs> And two, I just want to make it clear, I am not an expert on accessibility or technology, and I am not like the voice of, you know, disabled gamers, but I am so appreciative to be here to talk about this stuff. And I'm, I need to um, check out that, that uh, tweet that you're going to link because, you know, like it's, it's accessibility so oftentimes comes down to visibility and just for folks knowing about their different options out there. Like that's not something I had heard of before just right now at this very second. And that sounds like an awesome thing uh, because so many times with PDFs, um, PDFs in general are, are pretty accessible, but there's also a difference between something that's accessible and something that's usable. And so if it's a PDF that's in, you know, a weird, not a weird, but uh, a format that isn't very usable. Uh, for instance, like I use a screen reader on my phone to, to consume PDFs. And so it'll read the text on the screen and go through uh, section by section, whatever, however the PDF is laid out. Um, it'll go through big chunks. So uh, as an example, I am, you know, lucky enough to be a part of uh, Barney Dicker from Loco Ludas. He's working on a new game called League of Eternal Guardians, and he's actually going out of his way to make sure that it's in an accessible, usable format for as many people as possible, including folks with visual disabilities. So I've been going through the rules <clears throat> uh, and just kind of using them with my PDF and the section on character creation is written in one big chunk. Um, and so when a screen reader reads that, it just reads that whole big chunk and there's no real good way to stop and go back or anything. And so I, I told him if it was in bullet points, that would make it easier because you could just go line by line with the screen reader. And if you needed to go back to a step for character creation, you could just go back one. Uh, so just little things like that, thinking about, I mean, you have to learn how screen readers work before you can actually think about how to format your PDFs. And so, you know, I don't, I don't expect anyone or everyone to do that with their products because it is more work. It does take more time. Uh, but it's just something good for folks to at least keep in the back of their mind that there are, you know, differently abled folks out there that consume information in different ways other than with their eyes, you know, um, 
and there's more and more companies coming out now. There's a company called Dots RPG, which is amazing. They make a lot of gaming products for visually disabled people. They make Braille dice these days. Uh, and more and more things are coming out in usable, accessible PDF formats. But, you know, this is a relatively new new um endeavor for folks and it it takes time to get up and running but yeah man like i i'll never forget how it broke my friggin' heart when uh watsy announced that they when they first released 5e how they were not putting out pdfs of it i even called them and were like hey you know what about (laughs) what about folks that can't actually read with their eyes what what are we supposed to do and i mean they basically said yep sorry we're not doing it uh they were care you know like they cared more about their profits they didn't want the book all over the place for free uh and that that really sucked for a while they eventually changed their stance on that but that it's little things like that that people don't think about that just you know you just hear about it and you're like man that sucks <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of like the, uh, I don't know, that's the long and short of it. Uh, the more, you know, the more PDS, the more awesome stuff I can consume personally and folks like me, the better off the space is in general. And so, yeah, Zine Club just is kind of, you know, it's so look, because I hear about all these friggin' amazing amazing zines that are coming out and it's like oh yeah i can't get that one yeah i can't get that one like the one you had one guy on your show that was talking about it his zine and how it was like put together with rubber bands and all freaking cool looking it sounded like and i was like god damn that sounds so rad but I'll, i'll never be able to get that one um but yeah like i'm i'm also not out here trying to friggin yuck anybody's yum or anything like nobody needs to think about this stuff right like disability stuff is not super fun to think about and i think part of the reason is it's because it can happen to anyone right like anyone can become disabled like that at the drop of a hat you could be walking across the street get hit by a car and now you're paralyzed like anything could happen i know a guy who went in for eye surgery came out totally blind like stuff happens and so it's sort of scary to talk about it's not fun to really think about it's not sexy and you know it's it's easy to kind of sweep under the rug so i really appreciate you being out here froth and you know talking about it and i I know that you're one of the good guys you're you're far from an idiot man like yeah well you know you (laughs) again you know i i just look at it like you, you've got to be willing to learn. And I think part of what happens with disabilities is people are afraid, you know, to talk about it with people and that keeps them from learning because no one wants to seem insensitive. People just don't know how to talk about it. And so that's one of those things where for me, that means I want to listen to the people that can talk about it and, and, and also just, you know, I think one good thing is that we're at a time where people are being overall, I think, or at least more so being more reflective 
yeah. especially in the DIY space about how to make things more accessible, you know, and there are people making efforts. And so I want, I want to, you know, I, I just want to highlight the importance of that because, you know, for like, uh, I'll give another example. Like James from Grognardia is a, is a cool person. They do an empire of the pedal throne zine. And for a long time, they just only did print, you know, and the reason they were resisting doing PDFs was really like just an aesthetic thing. But sometimes we have to think a little bit past our aesthetics, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, text, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, um, and, and what, what was amazing to me is this guy die has, you know, has some pull within the, DIY scene and I was really surprised that only a couple people took them up now I am happy to say one of them is Michael T Lombardi who I had on the show last week and Michael is a real like I didn't get too much into this in the interview but they're a real champion of of other folks you know they put yeah other nice. people in front of them a lot you know <laughs> mm -hmm. so um so let me read a couple things that die says here and, and this points to zines, I think, as well. Like, a zine is not, you know, 900 pages. You know, they mention a short four-page game can be made PDF accessible in under an hour. Bigger games are tougher, but you can automate some of the process. And so this is somebody that kind of knows what they're doing. They're, right. You know, yeah. And they're out there doing the Lord's work. Yeah. And, like yeah, and I like the, I like this quote too. We do not accept buildings without access ramps. We don't accept social media images without alt, alt text. So why do we accept RPGs? One of the few types of games can be played by the completely blind without the barest accommodations for those people. And um, so, you know, you, you're all, you've always got like, a complete and total enthusiasm and optimism for RPGs like that I know I respond to and I'm sure other people do as well. So I thought I'd wanted you to talk about it a little bit just so listeners can know because there are a lot of people creating stuff that I know listen to my show and almost everybody in gaming is creating something now it seems like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's just something to be thinking about and i think watsy as far as that whole stuff they're they're so incredibly short-sighted with that because yeah. it uh, that all spawned from early fourth edition where yeah. stuff just got completely hammered by pirates but it if pirate if people are pirating your stuff you are going to make more sales you know oh. and you know you can make an argument about music but that's more a medium thing it's just because people now everyone's listening to whatever pandora spotify mm -hmm. i'm the only fool sitting around with <laughs> with with cds like i can't get rid of this i can only listen to it a hundred other places for free <laughs> i can't get rid that's, of this yeah. i can't know? tell you the last time i listened to a cd dude good for you for off well it's, i've even got some old vhs tapes and yeah you know, Oh, I've watched the VHS, uh, you know, in shorter period of time than I've listened to a CD. So uh, I'm impressed. I'm definitely impressed, man. 
<laughs> but so, I mean, what are, you know, if, if you, I mean, we talk about the accessibility with PDFs, the, the Braille dice, that sounds killer. What are some other, like, things like that that people can be thinking about that are, are things you utilize or maybe ideas you're hearing? Is there anything else that comes to mind? Because that all sounds really rad. Yeah, I mean, just this medium that we're on right now, the podcasting sphere has been a godsend uh, for GM resources for blind folks, man. Like, just being able to hear this stuff without having to mess around with screen readers and, you know, or visual, like, uh, magnifiers. Because I do have some vision, like most blind people, I do have some vision left, you know, fun fact, 90% of blind people do have some vision. Um, And so I use a lot of magnifiers and stuff, but just to be able to sit back and relax and hear someone talk naturally about their game, their idea, this new rule they came up with or something is awesome. Like again, to talk about league of eternal guardians, uh, Barney's going to have me actually read the rules. So his rules are going to be available in an audio format as well as an accessible PDF. And obviously League of Eternal Guardians is only five pages long, the whole game. So with something like that, that's easy to do. I mean, granted with, you know, a 500 page rule book and a 300 page monster manual, I don't know. But then again, the stand is available on audio. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I love the idea. Uh, love the idea of, of audio versions of games, you know, especially if they're, you know, not a million pages long and you right. have like, easy ways to jump back and forth between sections. That's awesome. Yeah. That is I mean, something for people to think about. I like yeah, that a definitely. lot. And, you know, a, what, a year ago, I don't know the pandemic has messed up my sense of time, but uh, back in BC times before COVID goblin Senchman was putting out, uh, he was having people call in and he put together this audio dungeon where everyone just left him a message on anchor and each person recorded a one minute long dungeon room. And so now <laughs> there's this archive of this crazy dungeon that I could go back to whenever if I need an idea or something and just like skip through the different sections of that and just listen to people describe weird little dungeon rooms and just cool little things like that happen. And like I was saying earlier, it's just a matter of, I know it's kind of ironic, but visual visibility. So folks know that this stuff is going on. Uh, because yeah, man, like you said, RPGs can be played by anybody, blind folks, deaf folks, like it, it's, it's out there and it's so much fun because, you know, it's, a, it's one more way to kind of think about something other than this thing that you have to live with on a everyday basis. Now you can kind of step out from that and swing a sword at something and it rules. Uh, and another thing that you made me think about there with the talking about the podcast and everything, I would assume that everyone is kind of aware right now how easy it is to start a podcast, but you know, it's not, you don't have to pay to start a podcast. You don't have to have 
a bunch of great editing equipment or a you know great microphone or anything. You know, you and I we use Anchor as the platform. Anchor, yep. you know, Anchor.fm, and you know they're owned by Spotify and everything, and it's it's free. And they've even got it now to where it'll tie to a blog post, and it, it automatically will put your podcast up on Apple and Google Podcasts and everything else. So it's just another barrier that maybe was there years ago that just isn't there now. So I think that you know, looking for ways to have different communication platforms and everything, so you reach more people. I mean, that's really well said. And again, everything you're saying, it, it kind of falls in that realm of if I'm just thinking about myself all the time, I'm not necessarily thinking this way. So I'm glad to have you on to maybe encourage other people to kind of think outside of themselves a little bit, especially in the DIY space, because we can really be leaders in this kind of stuff because we're leaders in everything else. When you look at it, the ripples and the influence it has you know, marginalized people. Uh, there's a reason everybody kind of flocks this DIY space. It's because, you know, at its best, it can be encouraging, highly creative and supportive. Yeah. And, and just allow people to be themselves. And so, you know, I, hopefully, you know, this is the kind of thing that can lead to more of that. Yeah, definitely, man. I And I think we're heading in that direction you know where people just care about other people a little bit more and hopefully i think we're past you know even though it wasn't that long ago but like the whole thing with that friggin' combat wheelchair you know like everyone is making a big deal out of it but i think so many of those people that were so vehemently against it weren't thinking about the fact that there are people in wheelchairs that play RPGs and yeah, maybe they want to, you know, that's part of who they are, you know, like that's the thing, like disability is part of who the person is. It's not something you can just turn on or turn off. And so, yeah, like I, I totally was like, yeah, dude, combat wheelchair right on. But so many people made a big kerfuffle about it that it was like, geez, folks, like, settle down a little bit um, yeah you know for <laughs> for me on that you know it's tempting for me to just use that as like okay if somebody's got a big problem with something like that it just really just helps bring them out of the woodwork so i can you know ignore them or press right. the block. But it's tempting to just be like okay this is just great we should throw out more stuff like this just to you know bring the worms out of the ground so we can <laughs> just you know know where they are but you know at the same time there's almost a you want to feel like people aren't all complete lost causes like right be educated you know yeah um and and so and that's what I, I was trying to say like most of those folks probably weren't thinking about it from the other side they were just thinking that sounds kind of weird and stupid and i don't want it yeah right like no stairs in the dungeon like they can't get over the stairs it's like right you know, you're already playing an elf, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All, like, most of my dungeons have stairs because they go down. Like, they have different levels, so there are stairs. I don't know. 
um, yeah, it's just weird. It's a whole weird, whole weird thing, man. But I like I said, I think we're heading in the right direction and stuff like what you're doing right now, Froth, just as, as a force in the field, you know, uh, like you said, a bunch of people that create stuff are listening to this, which you guys should, cause the show rules, uh, it's just, it's nice that you're having someone to talk about it. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. And I would also encourage people, you know, not to be afraid to talk to people, um, you know, not to be afraid to seem stupid. Um, and also, like in the case of this uh, Die Sugars post, when someone offers you information and education and help, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, glad to have you on, Joe, and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a real pleasure being here, Froth. Thank you. Outro. Okay, that is the show for this week. Thanks again to Joe Richter for coming on the show. I've got links up to their Hindsightless podcast and a link over to Twitter so you can see that uh, thread from Die Sugars I was talking about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, all the different links. I know there was a lot today, uh, a lot of things today. And um, maybe my delivery was a little clumsy. So if you want to look at some of the stuff for yourself, check it out. You go over to the Thought Eater blog. Just Google Thought Eater blog. That'll take you over there. And if you're a blogger, please add me to your blog role. That really helps uh, people notice my blog. And uh, it's a good way if you you know, don't want to back the Patreon, or you know, but you still want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. I really appreciate folks listening. Um, I'm really thankful for people retweeting or sharing these posts so I can reach a, a larger audience. So thank you to people for the support. Big shout out to folks backing me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thought eater. Y'all know how appreciative I am of y'all. It really says a lot. There's so many podcasts and so many choices of entertainment out there. Um, you know, it, it might not seem like a lot to, to throw a dollar at me every month, but I really do appreciate it. It's, it says a lot and makes me feel good and encourages me. So thank you for that. What is next? Uh, I got to think of something for five minute Friday. I'm actually, I think I saw a post that, that uh, kind of triggered something that I might have something for five minute Friday. But remember, if you back the Patreon at the $5 level, you can actually suggest topics for five minute Friday. So if you want to control me like a froth robot, and tell me what to talk about. You can have that. You can have that. Maybe that's just a frightening thought to you, though. So I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I had a great time putting the show together for you. Again, feeling really good. The first chance anyone out there has to get vaccinated, I'm telling you, go and do it. Uh, that is probably the most important thing we can do right now. Continue to keep distance from folks. Uh, wear masks. You know, I hope y'all nasty folks were washing your hands already, so I shouldn't have to remind you on that. But we are so close to being able to uh, to, to move past this. So I'm very, very encouraged. But, you know, I, I would, encourage you know, just emphasize to everybody, you know, 
go out there and get vaccinated the second you're able to. I think that is it. Uh, as always, under the outro tab, a couple of comedic things for y'all to look at. A little kind of chaser after the show. And yeah, that's it. Have a great rest of the week. Logan, you know what time it is. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, boom, boom.